1: face it, what you're really looking for, what you really want is a magic wand for your marriage. Yeah, for your marriage. You say, how do you know? Because of the questions we get asked. I know that you wish we had a magic wand we could give you, even sell you if we had it, that you would then know exactly the kind of things you need to say to your spouse or know exactly what he's thinking or feeling or she's thinking or feeling. Well, is there such a thing as that magic wand? Can you have all that knowledge know just what to say, understand every nuance of every emotion that he or she displays, every word? Well, let's talk about that in just a minute.
0: Today we're talking about this magic wand that we are all looking for when our marriage is in some kind of crisis, but specifically today we're going to be addressing if my spouse is in an affair and I'm looking for this magic wand, then What is it I need to do? What is it that next week could bring me, bring my husband back? What is it that tomorrow could get my wife to talk to me again? I'm Kimberly Holmes, Executive Director of Marriage Helper, and I'm joined by our host, Dr. Joe Beam.
1: Yes, and understand that while we will be talking directly about and illustrating with affairs, if you're having a marriage crisis, all of the principles we talk about will apply no matter what's causing the problem, even though we'll be illustrating with affairs today.
0: Yeah, and the reason we're illustrating is because this is what we tend to get most of our questions around. So we have a lot of questions about this, but these questions, and as we answer them, we'll tell you how they can uh, be also be relevant for any situation that your marriage might be in. So, Dr. Joe. Yes. Let's talk about this magic wand. Is it real? Is it attainable?
1: Well, it's according to whether you believe what you see on the Internet. What I mean by that is you can look on the internet and you will see these deals where people for $49, $99, whatever it might be, they're saying, if you buy mine, Mm -hmm. it'll make it where your spouse will be sorry he or she has ever hurt you. They'll love you until death, et cetera, et cetera.
0: The one I saw over this past weekend was um, how you can, of course, get your ex back, the person who's left you, promising that your ex will come back with just these, with this one sentence. Your ex will come back to you, and they will be, they will be uh, just falling over you. They will be wanting you so much that they can't even stop themselves.
1: If you just say one if sentence. If you just say
0: one sentence. And here was what got me about the whole thing. So in this video, it he kept promising he would tell you what the one sentence was. And he never did. It just went straight into buy my product for $47 and in
1: it, I
0: will tell you what it is. Exactly. And it makes me so angry because that's how you're feeling right now. Mm -hmm. You're wanting that. And so when someone promises this, and especially when it's just $47, you're probably thinking it's worth a shot.
1: I'll give it a shot. Hey, $47 solves my problems. Right. I'll spend the 47 bucks. Right. Uh, I would suggest take the 47 bucks and give it to some church that's helping people or give it to the Salvation Army so they can feed people. I mean, if you're going to spend the 47 bucks, don't give it to a charlatan. Give it to somebody who actually is going to do some good for some people somewhere, somehow. Now Mm -hmm. you say, you don't even know who the guy is. No, I don't know who she's talking about. How could you call him a charlatan? Well, I hope I don't get sued for that. (laughs) But I'm saying anybody who promises you one sentence that's going to make all those things happen. Ain't happening.
0: Nope, not happening at all. But here's what we're seeing. We, we're we in a culture where we want the quick fix. Mm-hmm. And it the culture has kind of made us that way. Even Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, as we all know, um, he has realized over the past year what his creation has done. It has led to this instant gratification, this Um, no consequences necessarily to things that you say. And he is even Mm. trying to rectify that. But it's created a culture over the past decade, 20 years, where we want instant gratification because we can get it. I can go on to a website and have something now delivered to my door in an hour if I want to without even having to leave my house or do anything. And that has transmitted into our relationships of... I'm hurting right now, I want to not hurt anymore.
1: Right. So let us give you some of the questions we get where people, whether they realize it or not, are actually asking for the magic wand. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of questions can we refer to here? Because we get all kinds of questions where people are asking for the magic.
0: Yeah, so one of the first questions that we get, and I wrote some of them out, well, here's one of the first questions we get in every kind of situation is, what was my husband or my wife thinking when they said this? to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Something like, um, or when they did this, my husband, he came by, he were separated. We've been separated for three months, but he came by yesterday and mowed the lawn. What was he thinking?
1: Yeah. What is he thinking? What does that mean? What does it now, mean? You do realize if you post, post that question on Facebook, there are many people who know exactly Mm -hmm. They've never met your husband. They don't know you, but they'll know exactly why he cut that grass. Interestingly, they all have different reasons, but each of them knows succinctly and fully Uh, like, Oh, he's feeling guilt or, Oh, he's just trying to take care of the house so that when you sell it, you can get more money or, Oh, a ton of different answers they're going to give you as if they are the final authorities. Let me tell you what that means. When people answer questions like that, telling you what your spouse is thinking or why your spouse did what he or she did, they're basing it off of their own experiences. Oh, since I experienced this, it must be the same thing that's happening to you now or they saw somebody else experience it. And so, well, since I saw that there and know what that was, that must be what you're experiencing. And they're not looking at the bigger picture, which is that human beings are extremely complex and that most motivations are not singular. Most motivations are not pure. You say pure, you mean like some of them are evil. That's not the kind of pure I'm talking about. Most motivations are not pure in that it's just one simple single, thing that's motivating you to do it. There can be all kinds of different reasons behind why what you're doing is happening. And, and if we were able to dissect it, we might say, well, it was 70% this 20% that 10% that, but we can't do that. It is scientifically impossible. It's psychologically impossible. (laughs) And what benefit would it give you if you knew you yourself on occasion have done things and then thought, why did I do that? You don't even know why you do all the things that you do. Now, what do you think happens, Kimberly, when people start mind reading and trying to read the motivations and and those kinds of things into what? If a spouse, like they're having some kind of marriage difficulty and they're trying to interpret why the spouse does what he or she does, what kind of pitfalls do you see in that?
0: I believe they call it. Catastrophization, is that how it's pronounced?
1: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs)
0: Where you catastrophize the situation because if I'm trying to read my husband's mind, first of all, I've never yet been able to read it correctly. Mm. And number two, I'm going to go down a path and continue a conversation, a scenario, whatever in my head, and I'm going to get to the end of it and it's going to be terrible, which is going to affect my mood now and affect the things I'm doing now because I'm acting on what I think might happen in the future which mm-hmm. hasn't happened and might not happen.
1: Yeah. So when people start mind reading like that, mm-hmm. I can't pronounce that other long word you just said. I
0: can't either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when people start mind reading like that, they tend to go in either direction, each of which is going to lead to a set of actions, is what I just heard you say. And I agree that might wind up not being very good for you. So for example, you may interpret a positive motivation when none was there and you start getting hope. Mm. We are happy for you to have hope, but it becomes a false. False hope because you think, ooh, this is what that means. Therefore, what's going to happen next is blank and it doesn't happen. Or the mm-hmm. kind of thing that Kimberly was talking about, where instead of going toward the positive, you interpret it negatively. Oh, this means that he or she is about to do blank and mm-hmm. things are going to get really terrible here and we're about to go through a man made hell. And so you actually start creating the man made hell because mm-hmm. it's what you anticipate coming. Right. Now, so I'm sure people here, Kimberly, are thinking that, well, wait a minute. Are you telling me I shouldn't try to ever understand why my spouse does what he or she does?
0: I have an answer for that. Hmm. <laughs> I'm never going to say never, as I, you see what I just said there. I wouldn't say never, but I also think that when you're emotional about a situation that you try to push the limits anyway. Mm -hmm. So if I, if I, if my husband is leaving or he's gone and it's a high stakes emotional thing, then if I hear someone say on a Facebook video, well, yeah, sometimes you do need to, then I'm going to let myself have the permission to start doing it. You see what I'm saying?
1: Mm -hmm. I got lost in that one. So if I know, if I'm
0: trying to, if I'm trying to tell myself what I'm doing is okay, Mm-hmm. then if i hear someone on a facebook video say yeah sometimes you do need to understand to try and mind read to try and understand what your spouse is thinking then i'm going to say see i'm justified i can continue keep in doing this mm-hmm. but in taking that part of it away yeah i do think there's times that i need to see things from my husband's perspective, but not necessarily try and read his mind.
1: Okay, so this becomes kind of an art. It's not just a science, it's more of an art. Now, sometimes you're just thinking, I just really need to know why. Well, if you feel that way, ask. Because there's only one person that can tell you the true motivation or motivations behind what your husband or wife said, or your husband or wife did, and that is your spouse. We've had people ask us, "Were their spouse standing next to them? Why did she say that? Yep. And we look at him and we go, she's standing right there. Ask her. Why are you asking me? I'm not a mind reader. I'm not Kreskin. Well, that says my age. I don't think anybody knows who he is anymore. Okay. I'm not Kreskin. I can't do this for you. Ask her. But there's a caveat to that. Because if you ask often, they're going to quit telling you anything. It's like, good. Everything I do, everything I say, you think there's an no ulterior motive, mm-hmm. and you're saying, Why did you do that? Why did you say that? And they begin to feel like, I can't exist. I can't breathe because you're always trying to read something into. Sometimes it's just that I said it. Can you handle that? And if you're going to be asking them, Why did you say that? Why did you do that? If they were to reply, I don't really know, you've got to accept that answer instead of going, Oh, you do know. You're just hiding it from me. If that's what they say, let it go at that. Because any prying is not going to lead to anything good. It might lead to something bad, but not to anything good. They truly may not know, or they may not be ready to talk about it. And pushing it is not going to be a good thing for you. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, uh, and the other part you said, which I agree with wholeheartedly is, but you say, well, shouldn't I try to say things from my spouse's perspective? Yes, if you do it without making an absolute judgment. For example, if I say something harsh to my wife and she reacts and I see that it hurt her, I I can pretty well know hmm, that hurt her. I can see that I can read that pretty clearly, but it's not because something going on with her, it's what I just did. And so I need to do it differently. On the other hand, if I walk into the house and Alice is very distant and won't speak to me, I could guess a hundred different things. Like, is she mad about this? Is she upset about that? Is it something that I did? Did we get a bill for something that was larger than she thought? Did a bank call and say you're overdrawn? Overdrawn? Overdrawn, I'm a southern boy. Overdrawn? I mean, it could be a million different reasons. And for me, just think, oh, I've, I know why that is happening is when I start making judgments that can lead the wrong way because I think, oh, You know, today I did go to lunch with that person. She doesn't like it's probably about that. Surely she found out and I start off with, Hey, I'm sorry. I went to lunch with Charlie and she's going, you what (laughs) don't mind read in that sense, ask. And if they're not ready to talk about it, if they're not ready to talk about it, if they say, leave me alone, I strongly recommend that you do. And if you call us and say, why is she mad? Our answer is going to be, we don't know.
0: And what we hope that you understand is no one knows. So these other people on the internet, these that promise they can tell you what they're thinking and how to word a sentence so that they will come back, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. And so what do you do otherwise? So oh, that begs the question, so what do you do?
1: Okay. Let's go a couple of more things first, if we may. Okay. Another way that people sometimes... Uh, try to magic one is if I just give this and it's kind of tied back to that one sentence that guy mm-hmm. was selling. Mm-hmm. If I say this one thing, or if I give this particular piece of information, then my spouse is going to have oh, an aha and everything's mm-hmm. going to change and things are going to be better. Mm-hmm. For example, we talk about a thing called limerence. Um, not going to discuss that here too much too involve. How can they find out more about what we say about limerence? Because I don't want to explain all that right here. Right. right.
0: Now. So marriagehelper.com search the word limerence it shows a bunch of podcasts we have a bunch of articles but you need to hear the rest of what joe is going to say before you go and search for that because you're inevitably going to do what he's about to say you shouldn't do
1: don't do this (laughs) this. well we have so many resources explaining what limerence is that the short version for those of you who have not heard that word is it's when one person becomes madly in love with another person And so if your husband or wife is in limerence with somebody else, you're trying to understand it. Like, how did that happen? What, what's going on inside of him or her? And -hmm. we understand that. And if you were to ask that person, explain it to me, they probably are not going to do a very good job at that. Now, if you go to our website, use our little search feature at the top of the page there and and search for the word. By the way, it's spelled L-I-M-E-R-E-N-C-E. Then you'll find we have a lot of resources about it. Let me give you a caveat to that. If you go to Google and type in Limerence, L-I-M-E-R-E-N-C-E, it's going to take you to a bunch of different websites with a bunch of different information, some of which is actually good information. A lot of which the more current research indicates it's just not accurate. And I'm not trying to beat those other people up. Thank God in heaven that people are trying to help people. But if you're going to research it, we suggest that you look at what we have because we keep it up to date with the most current social science research. Now, if your spouse is, quote, madly in love, end quote, with somebody else, and you listen to the stuff on Limerick's, you're going to start having all kinds of explosions in your brain like, oh, man, that explains a lot of stuff. Yes, that's exactly what she's doing. Yeah, you got my husband to a T, and the first thing you're going to do is to call your husband or wife and say, you got to see this, if you watch the video, you got to hear this, if you listen to a podcast, or you got to read this, if you read an article, we have people do that. All the time, mm-hmm. it's a mistake. Not just a mistake, it's a mistake.
0: Mm-hmm. Why is it a mistake? Huge mistake. Well, first of all, you are you are sending information to your spouse who's already not wanting to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they're going to see it as you trying to push them to do something they don't want to do, mm-hmm. you trying to control what they're thinking, doing, saying, mm-hmm. or just... Annoying. I mean, this is annoying to me. And then, whenever they hear it, if they do, they're not going to agree with any of it because they feel like you're trying to put them in a trap.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, if they read it, hear it, or see it, mm-hmm. it's going to be like, mm, that's not me, that's not me, that's not me, that's not me. Right. So, you're not going to gain anything from it. You say, well, could it ever be they read it and go, whoa, that's me? Yeah, we've had that happen rarely. Now, if they find it on their own because Mm -hmm. they've been Googling or whatever, looking for, I'm madly in love with somebody else. What's Mm -hmm. going on inside of me. If they find it that way, they tend to listen with an open mind and they tend to learn a lot. And those people contact us saying, Oh my goodness, you guys understand me. But when a spouse says to them, Mm -hmm. you need to go read this, hear this, watch this. Almost always the response is, I don't know what you're talking about. That's not me. So they reject it out of hand. Then later, if you try to take them to somebody who can help, particularly, for example, if you bring them to our intensive, we have a three day marriage intensive with an amazing success record. I mean, three out of four couples that come through it and all of them are in crisis, three out of four of them actually save their marriages and stay married and learn how to have a better marriage. And so if you finally get him or her to come with you to our workshop and they've already seen or heard what we say about limerence and decided it has no application to them whatsoever, then they tend to turn off other things that we say as well, like, mm, mm, mm-hmm, yeah. We suggest learning about it is good for you. Don't try to teach your spouse. Don't try to explain it to him or her because all you're going to do is create defensiveness. This is not only going to keep you from being able to help them put the marriage back together, but any other helpers who work with them are not going to be able to put it back together, whether that's us. And we certainly hope it is us because we believe in what we do, or if it's even some marriage counselor or whomever else out there, some pastor you go see Mm -hmm. if they've already turned off all that information, then whoever you take them to help wise, their response is going to be, You don't get it. You don't understand me. You don't know who I am. So by giving them that kind of information up front, you make it much less likely that anybody's going to help you put that marriage back together. Even us with our amazing success record. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're thinking, oh, good grief, I've already done that. So then we shouldn't come to your workshop. No, still come. Give us our shot. Give us our shot. We, we have things we try to do to offset what you've done by telling them that ahead of time, but it does make our job more difficult, but still come and we still have a really good success rate. But for those of you who have not shared that kind of information with your spouse and you go through our website, looking about that thing about limerence. Oh, you say madly in love. My, my wife, my husband truly is madly in love with somebody else. Let me go read about it. Please do listen to the podcast, watch the videos, learn, then keep your mouth shut. Mm -hmm. It's for you.
0: Yep. So we know people are doing this because when we look, when our team looks at the analytics of some of our videos, the ones about limerence, whatever, the amount of shares on it are so high. And at first, an organization would say, look, our videos are being shared. But we know these videos are being shared through text message, through email, and probably to these people's spouses who are in an affair. And it's not going to do good. Yesterday, we just ended one of our three-day workshops, which was absolutely amazing and um i heard so many people in that workshop say yesterday they said for the longest time 5 6 months 12 months i found out about marriage helper and kept it a secret but now the secret's out because they brought their spouse to the workshop and i just thought that's it like you want to work on you you want to keep it the secret for you work on yourself let the change happen just through them seeing it not through you pushing information down their throat just let them see it they were able to get the spouses to the workshop i mean yesterday the workshop we had this weekend these were situations i see some comments coming in and they're saying well my spouse doesn't want to work on the marriage I don't think any of the ones this weekend wanted to work on the marriage.
1: Yeah. We usually have 80 to 90% of the couples that show up. One spouse doesn't want the marriage to work, but the other spouse offered them something Right. like I'll do this. If you come even to the point of, I'll give you a divorce. Sometimes they offer that. Mm -hmm. We're not necessarily saying that's the best, but people do that. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right. I think 100% of the couples, if not, it was just shy of 100% of the couples that came this weekend. It was about, uh,
0: Okay, I'm here. Yeah, we
1: came to learn how to be better parents together or whatever. And yet we were hearing from the people who walked out the door and the mm-hmm. ones who were reluctant. Mm-hmm. I am so glad I came. This has been yep. good for us, but don't browbeat them. Don't think nope. I, I just give them the right information. It's going to fix everything. It's going to be wonder, wonderful. It's going to be fine. Is it possible? It's possible, but highly improbable.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, don't try to read their mind don't don't try to push things down their throat yes another one that we have is and this kind of goes with the first one of what are they thinking but when people read our stuff about affairs about limerence they hear joe talk about something called the valley and then all of a sudden people want to know where exactly is my spouse in the valley
1: so again, a very brief definition because we don't have time to explain it here. You can go on to marriagehelper.com. That's marriagehelper, marriagehelper.com. Find out about the valley there. You can see it on our podcast, uh, hear it on the audio podcast we do, et cetera. The, the short ex- explanation is it's when a person is between two things and doesn't feel a need to have to do one or the other. So for example, if if your spouse is involved with somebody else and the relationship with the other person seems to be going well, But at the same time, your spouse is still being friendly with you. You're actually communicating, talking to each other and there therefore can be some benefit in the fact that, that you're becoming friends again, which may eventually lead to the salvation of the marriage. Well, in that valley means I've got the thing with the lover. I've got the thing with you. It all feels kind of good for me. And in the valley, people don't feel compelled to do something right now because it's like, Hmm, I seem to have the best of both worlds. There actually can be a benefit, to letting your spouse be in the valley for a while. If indeed what's happening with you is making some progress in your relationship. There comes a time when you don't tolerate the valley anymore, when you stop it and say, okay, we can't keep on living as if everything's fine with you being involved with him or her and at the same time being equally involved with me. I'll do that for a while, but I can't do that forever. Now, if you want to find on our podcast, I'm talking about our audio podcast, where I explain more about how do you know when to end that? Well, you can find that. You can go to marriageradio.com, you can go to Spreaker, that's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com, all looking for Marriage Radio, or better still, iTunes, right? Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm, iTunes, Google Play, it's all on there.
1: Okay, and you can find where we give more explanation about that. But in the process of that, people have often call us or contact us and say, okay, he, my husband's in the Valley or she, my wife is in the Valley. And and what I want to know is how far down the Valley are we and how much further before I should actually ask for something to happen or should I pull the plug or should I wait? Because it seems like maybe. And so they're asking, tell me exactly what to do, but based on where he or she is in the Valley, based on what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. that's a longer explanation than I meant to give. Mm-hmm. But that's what happens when people call us and ask about the valley. Yeah, And what kind of answers do we give?
0: Well, the answers we give is we don't know. I mean, we don't know your spouse. We don't know what's going on. We don't know where they are in the valley. And we don't even necessarily know what you should do about it right now. So what Joe was saying, we have the podcast where you can start learning information. But that's only... 80% of it. And that 80% of it doesn't mean, oh well, I have 80%, therefore I should act on it. No, that's just the foundation. <laughs> like if you think of an iceberg, 80% of it's underwater, it's the foundation, but it's that 20% above water that makes a difference here because what is your exact situation? What is what are the nuances? What are the things that are unique to you that are going to change some of what you might do in that situation. And that's the value of one of our coaches. They hear your situation. They know how you can apply it. And it helps with that because otherwise you're taking information that's appropriate for the general public, but it may not be exactly what you need to do. Is that making sense?
1: Uh, That's making sense to me, but I already know about it. (laughs) Here's another way to say it. Be careful taking advice from people who love you. Not because they're bad people. I mean, they love you. Parents can be people who give advice. Friends can be people who give advice. And these are people that care about you. And I'm not trying to paint them as bad or evil, but they see the hurt that you experience. And often when you ask them, what do you think I should do next? Most of the time, what they're going to do is to say, get rid of the bum or (laughs) bumette, change this as quickly and rapidly as you can, because this is not good. You know, punish him, everything else kind of thing. If you can work it by the principles, then you don't need our coaches, and good for you. Uh, You can find many podcasts about it. Maybe you can figure it all out and say, okay, I know what to do. If you need a coach, then you call us, and and you can set up three sessions at a time. They don't do all three sessions the same day, but you set up three sessions at a time and, and a coach can ask you questions. But even then we will not tell you what to do, nor can we pinpoint exactly where your spouse is in the Valley. No, no people ask it all the time. we can't do that. You can't even pinpoint exactly where they are in the Valley. They can't pinpoint exactly where they are. It's kind of a fluid thing here. Now there's some very principles, a very valid principles, About how long do you let it last? And at what point do you pull the plug? What point do you stop it? When do you set boundaries or criteria that won't allow that to exist anymore? Again, we got plenty of free podcasts that give specifics. You can go to our podcast, for example, on iTunes or Google Play and look for a definitive guide to boundaries. And they give you a lot of those principles. But as Kimberly was saying, sometimes you really need somebody to ask you questions, Mm -hmm. to help you think through. Now, our coaches aren't going to tell you what to do, but they'll ask you the questions and, and open up your own brain and help you understand, okay, then it really boils down to this. Which one do you want? Mm-hmm. You want this or you want that? And that's the value of a coach because they can help you come to a much better decision. Mm-hmm. It's still your decision. Mm-hmm. We, none of our folks are ever going to say, use this sentence and it's going to fix everything. If any of our folks ever say that to you, you call us and tell us and they won't be one of our folks anymore. Right. We will not be charlatans and frauds. We know it's a process. We know that sometimes it's extremely painful. We know that it can be very difficult for you to do, but we want to stand beside you and walk with you as best we can to help you get through that journey. Mm -hmm. But please stop mind reading because it's leading you to do all kinds of things. First of all, it torments you. And then it's getting you to make decisions based on what you think might be going on in his or her head. And some of those decisions that you make and some of the things you do actually cause a lot more harm than good. So please stop mind reading, please quit thinking there's one magic little formula. And as soon as I say the right words, everything changes. because as long as you think like that, you're not really thinking the way you should, which is, this is the long term. Right. This is life. This is not some little magic thing. And then quit trying to understand exactly where your spouse is in the process. It'll drive you nuts. And it doesn't do you any good. Mm -hmm. There are times when you have to make definitive statements, definitive actions that you should take. And we can help you figure that out. Get it from the podcast if you can. If not, get it. Our coaches will help you figure it out. And so sometimes you need to do that. But worrying on any given day, "Mm, where are we right now? Where are we right now? It's tormenting to you. It becomes another form of that mind reading we already talked about. And it's not doing you any good. It is not helping you. Now, I know, I know you're thinking, yeah, like, right. I can just stop. Well, actually that's what you're going to have to do. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I know that your mind wraps around these things. That's why people like us exist to help you with this. But for your own mental, emotional, spiritual health, physical health, learn how not to look for the magic wands, not to crave them, Wouldn't it be great if they existed, but to deal with life as it really is.
0: Right. So some of the questions that have come in, and I'm going to read a couple of them. So one person says, does the valley and limerence go hand in hand as far as the same time, or is it one phase and then another? Um, Someone else says, I'm not quite sure if my husband is in limerence, but we're recently separated and he's living with another woman. What am I supposed to do? Another person says, um, uh, hold on, my wife has been in in an affair for over a year. Could she still be in limerence? I did some pushing when we tried to fix my, my marriage. She never wanted counseling. She wanted out and a divorce. So these are examples of focusing on
1: one little piece, of one the puzzle, little
0: piece of the puzzle, rather
1: than looking at the big picture. So let's right. just try to answer those three. And uh, the first thing is this, you say, okay, do, do limerence and the valley go together? Maybe sometimes even often, but not always. So for example, if a person is in limerence, sometimes there's no Valley because they don't have any kind of relationship with you. They leave you. They don't want to talk with you. The only interaction you have is about the kids. If you have them or business that you need to do together and and they've really dismissed you and nothing is going on positively with you at the moment. That person's not in a Valley. Valley exists when a person is away from you in some fashion, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, away from you in some fashion, but still having a relationship with you. The valley is in between those two things because the person doesn't feel any necessity to, to do something. Can that happen then with a person that they once were strongly in limerence with, maybe still have some degree of limerence with them, but now at least they're having some kind of relationship with you. Sure. We see that a lot, but can it happen if there's no other person involved at all. Yes. We see that as well because they, they left for some other thing than another person, a limerent object. is what we call that person. Could there still be then a valley between you? Yes. So the answer is, yeah, there can be, but the valley can exist in a lot of different situations and does not always exist in a limit relationship. Now the second was, uh, I'm trying to remember the second question.
0: I don't remember. (laughs) <laughs> I thought it was the most
1: important of the three. I, I am so sorry I'm blanking on it.
0: Oh, well, in that case, that. if you don't mind going out. back
1: and looking at it. I'm
0: not quite sure if my husband is in limerence or recently separated and he's living with another woman. Okay. Is that it?
1: When you say you're not quite sure if he's in limerence, you, then if you don't know, there's no need to speculate. If he's living with the other woman, then obviously he's left you to be with her. That's the issue, that's what we wanna deal with. You say, well, deciding whether he's in limerence or not, will that really affect what I do? Actually, no. The principles that we teach you to do, like mm-hmm. in our online course that we do for people who are, is the one spouse who's standing, uh, the principles that we teach you have to do with working on you, and you'll do that just the same whether he's in limerence with her, which maybe even since he's moved in with her, or if he's just moved in with her just because of the sex, you say Limerick's isn't just because of the sex. No, it's a much different thing. Maybe he's just moved in with her for that, or maybe it's just blooming convenient financially. I don't know why he's with her. You don't apparently, based on what you're saying, know exactly why he's with her. So quit trying to figure that part out. Do the things you need to do to work on you. Now we can't explain that here. Kimberly, how can they get more information about how they work on themselves? like the pies and those kinds of things.
0: Again, going to marriagehelper.com, typing in pies, you can at least start there. And that's a great place to start. But with all of these situations and questions, just make sure you're focusing on the right things and not being distracted by the things that, that don't really matter in the long run. It's good information for you to have, but just like when you're feeling sick and you go to Google and you type in your symptoms, if you focus on all of those things for too long, you're, it makes everything worse in your mind because you're not even focusing on the right things. You're focusing on symptoms. You're not focusing on the core. And when you get to that core issue and work on it, that's what's going to end up making the symptoms go away.
1: Okay, so let me ask you a question here that uh, you might get mad at me for asking. I know that we closed uh, enrollment on our online course for the one spouse.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, if somebody though says, I heard you mention that, I really want to get in that right now is that would you allow some of these folks to get that? It right is
0: now? done on a case by case basis right now. So if that's something you're interested in, then you can call us. I'm sure Jesse our producer will put the number up on the screen. You can call us, talk to some of our client relations reps, talk to them about it, see if they think it's a good fit for you and and go from there, but it um would be, could be a good option for you if it is appropriate for your case. So I encourage you to talk. Mm.
1: So that that was a good point. You you call and talk to our client reps. They'll ask you some Mm -hmm. questions. We don't want to ever push you into anything or just try to sell you something. Right. Our 501c3 nonprofit doesn't exist to get rich. Nonprofits don't exist for that reason. Mm. We exist to help you. And so if you call and talk to our our client reps, they'll ask you a few questions. They'll try Mm -hmm. to understand your situation. And then if something we offer would it be a benefit to you? They'll tell you about it. Mm-hmm. If we don't have what you need, they'll be honest and tell you that as well. And as best they can tell you where you might want to look for what you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not after your money. We, we're trying to help you save your marriage, if at all possible. Absolutely. And the third one was that my spouse has been in a limited relationship for a year. Yep. And what was the question with that?
0: Is it still?
1: Yeah, see, that's the kind of thing people ask. And we look at you and go, we don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know your spouse. I don't know the woman or man that your spouse is involved with. I I can't tell you whether he or she is still in limerence. We can teach you the principles of limerence and how people act who are in limerence. And from that, people often try to make judgments. Oh, Dr. Beam, you talk about three stages of limerence. And, and you have a stage one, stage two, stage three. Hmm, which of those three stages is my spouse in? Can you tell me? I'll give you this information. Now you tell me which stage he or she is in. Mm-hmm. It becomes extremely difficult to do that. Right. It's still not about assessing exactly where they are. It's about you doing the right things. Mm-hmm. So this is the kind of question, though, where I understand. I get it. You want to know, is he still in limerence? I would be thinking the same thing if my wife left me. But it's not the best question to be trying to answer. The best questions right now to be answering, but how can I do the things that I can do that will affect me in such a way that first of all I benefit? And secondly, that if anything works, this will work to help potentially put that relationship back together.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You only have so much energy. Are you focusing the energy you have? in the best ways possible right now. And if it were me, while I see the temptation of wanting to consume my mind with that, I also want to put most of my energy where I'm going to have the greatest return on investment, which is working on myself. Before we end, I want to talk about another huge one. And you mentioned it just a minute ago because you referred people to look at our boundaries podcast. Let's talk about boundaries. Let's talk about how many times people instill boundaries. Well, let me put it this way. We had one person that we were working with and she had 52 boundaries for her husband. Yeah. That is one for every week of the year.
1: (laughs) Except they weren't weekly boundaries. These were 52 that, that were now set in stone in her mind.
0: Yes. So again, This concept of boundaries of, oh, I have the option or the ability to be able to do something that could force my spouse to make a decision that might bring them back to me kind of sounds like a magic pill in their minds.
1: In a sense, it is. It's it's basically saying, if I can control you enough... You're going to be just who I want you to be, doing just what I want you to do, feeling just what I want you to feel, believing just what I want you to believe. And that does not work. Mm -mm. Uh, Think about the Berlin Wall. (laughs) You can only control and dominate people for a certain length of time. And then they finally said, that's it. That's enough. Tear down that wall. We're not going to live like that. Mm -hmm. Dictatorships eventually end. And there's one thing true of every dictator. Somebody, somebody wants him dead. Or it may be her. She's the dictator. They want her dead. Now, if you want to go find that podcast, it's like I said on on iTunes, it's on uh, Google Play, it's on marriageradio.com. It's a lot of different places. The definitive Guide to Boundaries. very quickly, let me give you just a basic here. There's a thing called boundaries, and that says these are things that cannot happen again. If you do that, there's gonna be a consequence. There's also a thing called criteria, and criteria says this is something that must happen. Now boundaries must not happen. Criteria is they must happen. And if they do, here's a good thing that comes. And if they don't, here's the negative consequence that comes. You don't set those just anytime, anywhere with anybody. You see, I often say that, that boundaries and criteria are not wishes and wants. They're not wishes and wants. They're absolute do's and absolute don'ts. Now, do you hear that again? Criteria and boundaries are not wishes and wants. They're absolute do's and absolute don'ts. Therefore, you said as few of them as you possibly can, because otherwise the person will feel in prison. They'll feel controlled, dominated and manipulated. And they're going to react violently against that. Well, violently might be the wrong word, but they're going to react against that. And what have you accomplished? Nothing good. Well, you can, I talked for an hour and 15 minutes just about boundaries and criteria on that podcast. I'm not going to try to replicate that here. Are they good things to do? Sometimes you absolutely need them. But if you do, do as few as you can. And if you make them, then you too have to live by them. I explained that on that podcast. I want to explain it again here. But again, as Kimberly was saying, there is no magic wand. This is a process and it will take a while to make it work out. But trying to control, dominate, manipulate the other person, there are people out there who will tell you that's exactly what you need to do and that's what's going to put your marriage back together. And those people are wrong. You say, well, would it ever work? There are so many different human beings with so many different personalities and so many different situations. I cannot tell you that it would never work. I'm just telling you, based on the thousands of people that we work with, it doesn't work.
0: Right. And so when you try and instill those boundaries, it should never be the first line. It should always be last, last. I mean, you want to do other things first, work on you, uh, try and have a conversation, communicate, and not just start with boundary.
1: Unless it's a boundary where there's some jeopardy.
0: Can you define what that means for people?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. guess like I said, my separated wife was seen the other day driving intoxicated with my kids in the car. That's when you set an immediate boundary. Mm -hmm. But in general, what you're saying, absolutely, I agree. You you set them when you need them. Mm
0: -hmm. Right, absolutely. So all of this that we've been talking about today boils back to make sure you're focusing on the right things and not grasping at these things that you feel like could be some kind of magic pill for you now implementing boundaries now, trying to read their mind, figuring out where they are in the valley, that's not what's going to lead them to come back to you. Working on you is what's going to lead them to come back to you. You want to be that attractive person to them, not that person who's pushing them away or overwhelming them with things or constantly just annoying them. Gosh, you don't want to do that.
1: You can if you wish. Yeah, but it's not going to help put no. a marriage back together. It's no. actually going to propel it toward ending forever.
0: Yeah, and here's another question that we got. Actually, that I believe we need to talk about. A woman, she says, my husband has opened my eyes to the fact that it's that he has been low on my priority list for the last ten years. Mm. We're coming to the workshop. That's good. I believe the next one in two weeks. Do you have any suggestions on podcasts I should listen to, things like that, while I'm waiting?
1: We probably have done podcasts on that, but I can't think of one specifically right now.
0: Well, if you're coming to the workshop, I would say take two weeks for a mental break. You're going to get a lot of information at the workshop, and I understand that that immediate need of sal- salving your emotions, um, soothing yourself by listening is a good word is it a good word Mm -hmm. by listening to things and feeling like you can implement it but let me tell you something there's nothing that you can do over the next two weeks that's going to make a huge difference and especially not as much of a difference as the workshop is going to make Mm.
1: caveat to that nothing you're going to do that's going to make all of a sudden your spouse go oh i just realized how much i love you but what can make a huge difference in the next two weeks is if you, if you do something to actually push your spouse further away. Yeah, that makes So sometimes way. it's better not to do anything right. other than be nice and polite and sweet and kind. Mm-hmm. with not expecting a miracle before you get to the workshop mm-hmm. as opposed to, well, I'm going to start forcing some things or setting some boundaries mm-hmm. before we get there. Just because I think I sh- that, that I can, therefore I will, that can actually have a negative effect. Bring mm-hmm. them to the workshop. But I think it's a good idea. What Kimberly just said, that's actually very smart, which is, Right now, if you're coming in two weeks, we do this workshops every two weeks. And if you're coming in two weeks, just chill. Yeah. Be sweet. Be nice. Be kind. But chill. Take that mental break. You, you need it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You need it, and you deserve it. So please take it.
0: Mm-hmm. And then here is the final, the final thing that I want to discuss, which is kind of a little opposite of what we've been talking about, but it's something we're seeing more and more of, of where someone. They reach out to us, they're talking to us and they say, I know that you say um, any marriage can be saved, but here's my situation and here's all the reasons why mine's too far gone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This lack of belief or hope, I don't, I don't know what to call it. And so you st- even though the pill, so to say, we've said there's not a magic pill and there's not, but a solution has been put in front of you of do this but you're basically saying, okay, I see that, but here's all the reasons it's not gonna work before you even do it.
1: It's like anything else in life, which is, if you're quite convinced that it has no validity, Mm -hmm. then it will not. Mm -hmm. Think about this, and and this is kind of a silly illustration, but anytime you see a study about a new medicine, they always test it against a placebo. A placebo basically is something that's a sugar pill, if you will. But it's fascinating how sometimes that people who have enough confidence in the pill they're taking, thinking it's medicine, but it turns out to be the sugar pill actually start getting better. Why? Because of their own focus, their own attitude, their, their own belief that they'll get better. Now, our workshops and our courses, everything we offer, our coaching, none of those is a placebo. I mean, all of our stuff has great content. It's very valid and valuable. But like anything else in life, if you come into it going hopeless for me, there's no hope for me. It's going to be tougher for us to help you. than if you can grasp hope and maybe I think maybe Kimberly may have a team working on this already where we're going to have people telling their stories. And, and my guess is that most everybody, no matter how bad you think your story is, when you start seeing videos of people telling their stories, you're going to go, Oh my goodness. That's even more hopeless than what I think mine is. Mm -hmm. But They'll be telling you that story saying, and let me tell you how we're doing now, how we put our marriage back together. And as I've said many times, and if you haven't, please allow me the 30 seconds to tell you, uh, I actually divorced my wife. I left her uh, to be with another woman that was the, quote, love of my life, end quote. Uh, That didn't work out. As a matter of fact, Rarely do those ever work out. I mean, extremely rarely do those ever work out. And, and three years later, I called and asked her if she would take me back. Everybody who knew her, everybody who knew her said, don't do that. Joe's a bad guy. He's done bad things. You can never trust him again. And so everybody in her world saw it as hopeless, absolutely hopeless. I didn't know if it could work either. I just asked her if she would consider it. She was the one who decided to have, and she knew it was a big risk and she knew that I might wind up doing bad things to her again because I had before, but based on her positive thinking that, okay, we can do this. I'm going to make the risk and believing that it could work. We did. Now it took a while and it was tough. We had some things we had to work through and solve, but we've been remarried now for 31 years at the time that we're making this recording 31 years. And she's my best friend friend. I love her with all my heart. So even when it looks absolutely, totally, positively, it cannot be done. We've seen it be done. We've seen people put it back together and be happy again.
0: Absolutely. If there's any way that we can help you, we absolutely want to. We have a team of people here who want to talk to you. Our client relations team, They'll hear your story. They can guide you to some of our resources, our articles, podcasts, previous webinars that we've done that no one else can access. They they only use those on um, a situational basis when they know your situation and share that with you. That is super, super helpful. And so if that's something we can help you with, we would love to. We have our number up on the screen, but bottom line for all of this is make sure you're focusing on the things you need to focus on. Focus on you, focus on your pies, focus on the, the way you react to situations, focus on making you the most attractive you can be and not getting distracted with these other things that aren't going to make a huge difference in the long run. So That's our encouragement for you this week, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Have a good one.